just get our Bibles out and wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in on purpose tonight because I'm hungry for more, more of the Word of God, more of the Holy Spirit revelation on that Word so that my faith will grow and the results and the victory will increase in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at Mark chapter 2 tonight and uh, read these verses. Verse 1, Mark chapter 2. And again, he, that is Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive him them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. I like what Brother Mark says, four crazy friends. You know, everybody needs four crazy friends. <laughs> and when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. Well, first of all, they had to get up on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wouldn't you love to see a video of that? And uh, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And so, the switch of faith. Tonight, uh, we want to continue along this line, see some keys here tonight in this powerful testimony. Uh, faith is a switch. It turns on the power of God. It's not so much the size of your faith. It's whether you apply your faith. You've got to turn the switch of faith on so that the power can flow to change your circumstances. So, the first week, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, we talked about the ways that she turned on her switch of faith. She kept on saying, I shall be whole. And she journeyed. She took a journey. She didn't just sit where she was. And then she uh, received that power when she touched the hem of his garment. She didn't let the crowd stop her. And then she told everything that happened. She testified. So those four wonderful uh, keys to your switch of faith being turned on. Then last week we talked about the Roman centurion who had a, uh, a servant that was grievously tormented or grievously afflicted with the palsy, a similar disease. It, a palsy means they were paralyzed, and generally it was a terminal disease that was just, you know, had, uh, inflicted a lot of suffering. Uh, 
And, uh, and Jesus offered to come. He said, I will come and heal him. And he said, oh, no, no. You, you know, basically he said this. He said, I, I've got faith in the authority of your word alone. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Because I'm a man under authority and my authority works. You obviously are a man under authority. Your authority works. All you've got to do is speak the word. And Jesus was, he marveled at the faith of the centurion. And so he said, go your way. And as you have believed, so be it unto thee. As you have believed. And so uh, he turned on the switch of faith by coming to begin with. And then by going back with no evidence. I mean, he just, on the evidence of Jesus' word, he did go your way. Your faith, your faith is, you, as you have believed, so it be it unto thee. So uh, he was healed, you know, that self-same hour. So this week we have the paralyzed man again with the palsy. And uh, again, you have a journey of faith. He came and he overcame. Uh, this time with the help of his friends, four friends. And it says that when Jesus saw their faith. So your faith has got to have action. It has to have corresponding action. Uh, James 2.20 in the Weymouth translation, faith without corresponding action is dead. So here we see again the importance of acting your faith. You know, when you're believing God for something, when you're believing God to intervene in a situation that you're facing, whether it's health or uh, whatever it is, there needs to be some sort of, besides your initial action of, of words, you've got to speak. No question about it. But you also need to act like the Bible is true. You need to have an action. And so what I've done all, you know, when my faith walk is I often pray this prayer. Lord, how do I act my, on my faith? What, what is an action that I need to take? Many times it's sowing a seed. You know, writing a check. You know, and not that I'm buying his favor. Not that I'm buying, uh, you know, anything. But I'm sowing a seed in in. Uh, to, to let God know that I believe his word. Uh, sometimes um, it's just some, some other action of faith. It's giving somebody a call, talking to somebody. Uh, so, you know, your actions speak louder than words. I, I, you know, when you're, you know, when you're, when you're saying something, one, you know, you're saying a good thing and you're acting like it's not true. See, that's not faith. So their, their actions spoke to Jesus and showed them the faith that they had. And so what did Jesus do? Did he, did, he knew the man was sick. Well, what did he do first? He needed to get rid of the problem. Sin was the problem. Sin was the problem. He forgave the man of his sin. Of course, that raised all kind of questions among the scribes. And they doubted, who does he think he is? They were thinking it. They didn't say it. They were not, they were, didn't have enough courage to say it out loud. So they thought it, but Jesus perceived what they were thinking. He says, well, how, how, you don't think I can do this? What's harder, forgiving a sin or healing this man? Let me tell you something. I'm going to heal this man so you'll never doubt that I've got power on earth to forgive sin. And he did it. Rise, take up your bed, and not just walk right here in this house. He told him to go home. Just think about that. The journey that the four men it took to carry him there, we don't know how far it was. Was it a mile? Was it two miles? Was it five miles? Was it, you know, 200 feet? We don't know how far his house was from the house where all these people were gathered. But we just know that he didn't get there in his own power. Those four men carried him on a stretcher. And he rose up and he 
went back home. <laughs> Take up your bed. So he had to carry something. He had to carry a load on top of his shoulders and walk back home. How long had he been paralyzed? How long had he been in that bed? No telling how long. And yet he had the faith to get up and try to do something. He acted on Jesus' word. He made an effort. He obeyed the voice of the Lord. And then the next amazing thing to me when I look at this is that the ones that were doubting, the ones that were skeptical. Let me, let me take you back to the very first couple of verses. It was so crowded in there. And, and there were, uh, you know, there, in another, another version of this same one, it, there were Pharisees and Sadducees and doctors of the law present there. So there were the high muckety-mucks, I call them. <laughs> they were all present. And there's no record of any of them getting healed, not one. They, Jesus preached the word unto him. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And not one of them was healed. Why do you suppose? Well, it's because they had doubt and unbelief. And that's evidenced by the fact that they doubted that he had power to forgive the sins. In fact, it was he blasphemer? What is he doing? How dare he do that? But what was interesting is when this miracle occurred and this man with a palsy whose sin had just been forgiven raised up and walked his way out of that house with his bed on his shoulders. It says that they all glorified God and they said, we've never seen anything like this. We've so, so just look at the change in the atmosphere. All of a sudden, they're, they're, they're glorifying God. Just think of that. I mean, they went from doubting Jesus to glorifying God. You know, the, the church must have miracles. We must have healing miracles specifically. So uh, I'm talking tonight about turning on the switch of faith. And I see three things here that we need to remind ourselves of. And all these messages are just you know, ways for you to check up on your switch of faith and make sure you've got it turned on. I mean, you don't, you know, and, and keep it on. You know, sometimes we can turn on the switch of faith and then by our inaction or by our wrong thinking or wrong talking, we can turn the switch back off. And his power then is interrupted. No, keep the switch of faith turned on. Until you see everything change. Amen. Until you can. And, and, and so anyway, we see three things here tonight. So the first one I see here is number one, turn on the switch of love. <laughs> you know, love is our, is our first commandment. You know, we would love one another as Christ has loved us. And a faith works by love, the Bible says. It's our only commandment. And Jesus forgave the lame man of his sins before he was healed. He, he needed he needed to be forgiven. That was the, the, the sin in his life was going to block the healing that Jesus had for him. Now, you don't see that a lot. A lot of times people were healed and, 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 and you know there was sin in their life, but there wasn't really any forgiveness. But in this case, there was, there was trouble. I, I'm thinking about the man at the pool of Bethesda. You know, he was healed. He was sitting there. Uh, at the edge of the pool waiting for the angel to trouble the water. And Jesus said, will you be made whole? And he said, sir, I have no man. He said, no, I'm not. I'm the man, <laughs> you know. And he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And, and Jesus healed him. And then later on in that same chapter, he says, go your way and don't sin anymore lest a worse thing come unto you. So he had sin that needed to be dealt with also. 
but yet Jesus healed him. So here, you, you know, my point is, one of the things that can block your miracle is a lack of love. If you don't walk in love toward people, if you have unforgiveness, if you have strife and division at home, you know, husbands, the Bible says, you know, if you, if you fuss with your wife, you know, your heirs together, the grace of life, you know, you can, your prayers can be hindered, Peter said. You know, over the years, you know, it's, it's three, three little phrases that I've learned, and uh, I like to speak them on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, men especially need to, need to look in the mirror and practice this. You know, say, you know, picture your wife there, and you've, you've been disagreeing with her about something trivial most of the time. She usually doesn't make, make a hill of beans about much of anything. Just say, honey, I was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. See, three phrases. <laughs> I was wrong. See, you're always wrong. You might, as well, you might as well figure that out. I was wrong. You know, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. See, then you clear the air and you own it. You're the man of the house. And uh, later on, if your wife realizes that you were uh, right. Most of the time, most women will admit that you were right all along. Amen. <laughs> God has a way of vindicating you. When you just say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me. <laughs> but that's a good rule to have because Jesus said, Mark 11, 21, 11, 23, speak to the mountain, it'll move. Then he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. 24. But then in 25, it says, if you stand praying, forgive if you have all against any. Because if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you your sins. So we don't like to quote verses 25 and 26, but they're just as important, if not more so, than 23 and 24. <laughs> I'm talking about now turn it, keeping the switch of faith turned on. So keep the switch of love turned on. We're, we're, that's our commandment. We're to walk in love toward people. And uh, so turn on the switch of love. I think about all the love that was there with those four friends, which brings me to the second thing, turn on the switch of fellowship. Turn on the switch of fellowship. See, the lame man had four friends that loved him enough to take him to where Jesus was. It wasn't easy to do. And then they get there and there's no way in, into the door. People are thronging the place. It's jam-packed. And so they look up and say, well, we're going to take him up on the roof and knock a hole in the roof. I mean, did all of that. That's amazing. I mean, the love they had for this man and the trust that he had to have in them because, it, you know, he had to have some faith too. I mean, he could have fallen out of his stretcher getting up on the roof. He could have fallen out of the stretcher from the roof down to the floor where Jesus was preaching. I mean, <laughs> and so you had that fellowship. You had that love. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. The switch of fellowship. You know, we sometimes we just need others. You know, I know I teach you that you, your God will hear your prayer, and that's true. But uh, you know, God designed the body of Christ to function as a body. Hebrews ten twenty three. It says, "Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful who promised." And let us, number two, consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what I'm seeing in these verses is that we need to hold fast our profession and sometimes we need help with others encouraging us along those lines. I mean, you know, it helps to have friends who will, who will tell you, oh, you know, you're not talking right about that brother. Hey sister, let's, let's, let's agree. 
for a better confession on what we're just talking about here. I mean, we, you know, iron sharpens iron. And uh, sometimes we just, when we're going through a trial, I've seen this for years, people pull away from the church. They pull away from their good, godly brothers and sisters in the Lord. When we're commanded to assemble ourselves together as puzzle pieces, one version says, we assemble ourselves together as puzzle pieces. You ever have one of these big old puzzles and, you, and you've got one piece that's missing for some reason? It's gone, it's lost, it's got thrown away, it, it's hiding under the couch or something, under the sofa somewhere, you can't find it. I mean, you know, you've worked all this time and now you've got one piece that's missing. That's kind of the way it is with the body of Christ. We need to get together. We need to be fellowshipping with one to another. You know, the Bible says um, to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And that's vertically, but it's also horizontally. We ought to draw near to the God and our brothers and sisters, especially those that are uh, members of, of our church. You know, that's why we're, we're in this thing together. We go through a lot of things together. So instead of pulling away from people in the church, draw near to people in the church. I'm, I don't mean that you got to have somebody carry you on their back, but sometimes it's just good to have somebody to agree with you. And sometimes it's good to have somebody just to be accountable to. So turn on the switch of fellowship. Thank God that man, that lame man had four crazy friends <laughs> and it turned out to be the key to his miracle. Turned out to be the key to his miracle. Think about that. Just a moment. It turned out to be the key to his miracle because without the friends, without the friends, he couldn't have gotten to where Jesus was. He's paralyzed. Jesus would have had to somehow come to, come to him. And who knows if he would have lasted that long. So the key to his miracle, and the, in my experience, the key to a lot of miracles is the body of Christ. It's our connection. That's why every believer needs a church. Every believer needs a pastor. And, uh, you know, you, you need a vital church body to be part of. All right. And then the last one is uh, found here in, in verse 12. When they saw this lame man walk in their presence, they all glorified God and said, wow. <laughs> it doesn't say wow, but I'm saying wow. I'm sure that's what they said. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Look at that man. They couldn't deny the miracle. And so let's turn on the switch of praise. You know, they waited till after they saw the miracle till they praised. But we, we praise God before we see anything change. <laughs> we praise God as if it's already happened because we know it, it's going to happen because our faith calls the things that be not as though they were. You know, once our faith is involved, it's no longer a mystery. It's no longer if. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of when. And so we just praise God. Whenever it is, it's, we call it done now. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people, Psalm 22, 3. In Acts 16, where Paul and Silas were beaten with many stripes and thrown into the inner prison, and they were locked in their cells, and their feet and ankles were locked in these stocks. And you know they, their backs were bleeding, they were hurting. And the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. And the other prisoners heard them. They were so loud <laughs> in their praying and in their singing that everybody else in that prison heard them. <laughs> Can you, and they all knew what had happened to them. And here they are praying and singing. 
And you know, they didn't have to spend the night suffering. I mean, it wasn't that long until God invaded the earthquake and broke them out of their stocks and broke them out of the prison cells and, and got them in the presence of the jailer and, and he was going to kill himself. And they said, oh no, don't hurt yourself. This, you know, we're, we're all here. Nobody's escaped. And they prayed with him. The man and his entire household got saved. And, and then he bathed their stripes and all kind of ointments and uh, comforted them the rest of the night. <laughs> Praise God. They praised God before anything had changed, before any, anything had happened in their favor. And so we need to turn on the switch of praise in the midst of our uh, circumstances. Once we've touched it with our faith once we have spoken once we've acted like the bible is true in fact really praising god is one of the reasons one of the ways that we act like the bible is true it's one of the ways that we prove that we believe god is when we dance and shout and praise god for for the answer coming to pass even before we see it and so uh turn on the switch of faith and uh, be bold about it I, I, that's another thing i got out of sunday's messages is the boldness uh, of the apostles, of the boldness of somebody like uh, Brother Mark and Trina. They're bold. I mean, they're so bold. They come into places that are kind of dead and they, ha they just take over and they're bold with their confessions, bold with their faith, bold to bring a demonstration. When they come to this church, it's almost like so easy. Why? Because y'all are all so ready for them. And they love preaching here. They kept telling me the whole night when we had fellowship uh, after the service, uh, and we had a quick meal before they flew home. And, uh, and they just were so happy about all day and how you responded to their ministry. It's not that way everywhere they go. And so, but we can respond that way to the Lord all the time. We can turn the switch of praise on, and we can turn the switch of fellowship on with God's people and with God himself and turn on the switch uh, of love. And we can watch our circumstances change. Let's lift our hands and receive the word of God. So turn on the switch of faith and keep it turned on. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the word that we've received here tonight.